when it's up. When it's up, it's on. It's on? Yeah. Oh, okay. Yeah.
On this Mission Sunday, we honor our missionaries, we honor BGMC on this day. Let me remind you quickly, next Sunday morning is our church-wide breakfast. Uh, we want everybody to come and, and to be a part of that, and it's going to be a great time. Men's ministry is taking care of all of that kind of good stuff, and so uh, we just want you to come and eat and uh, be ready for, have a full belly and be ready to worship the Lord next Sunday. And so you guys come out and be a part of that. Let's make our kiddos feel welcome and, and BGMC welcome this morning. Let them know you appreciate them. Let's give them a hand clap today, please. Good morning, everyone. So good to see y'all this morning. Um, before I talk about the country we're going to learn about today, I want to tell you that for 2021, we got us a BGMC plaque and we gave all these dimes and nickels and pennies and quarters and dollars that y'all put in and the kids bring, we gave $2,798.48 last year. So never think that the change doesn't matter because it does. It all adds up. Well, this month, we are learning about Venezuela and another Spanish country. Does anybody remember what to say if I say, Dios le bendiga? Amen. Yes, you receive the blessing. Amen. <laughs> it's been a while since we've had a Spanish country. Anyway, so in Venezuela, um, the BGMC money, I mean, it usually goes for um, a lot of kids' stuff in other countries, too, and for Bible schools, and it does that here, too, but the main emphasis is they have several... Um, outreaches to children that are very large because there are a lot of street kids. They're, they're saying that um, there is at least 5,000 street kids in Caracas that are aged nine and under. So very young. So they have a Samuels House Children's Home Orphanage that BGMC helps provide livestock, goats and chickens and horses and stuff and bookshelves and desks and equipment and everything to keep it running. They have a Pavia project, which they asked, there's a missionary who felt led to start a church just for children. And so they, um, BGMC helped purchase the church building and to build bathrooms for it and provide equipment and so forth. And, fee, uh, and they do a feeding program out of there. And then, um, other kids' stuff um, all around the country, they have feeding programs, and they also help BGMC in Latin America for all of the Spanish-speaking countries, Latin America and the Caribbean. Um, they use part of the BGMC funds instead of for specific projects in a, in a specific country. They also use it for... Um, the entire area and district for they have a Spanish television and radio and library services and uh, a, and a, the language school for all the for the missionaries and a Christian training network because all missionaries going to Latin America go to um, Costa Rica to language school to learn Spanish before they go elsewhere and so it helps with certain projects I know when I was there BGMC bought a new printer because the printer had failed and died and they needed a big new nice printer sort of like what we have here because yeah so BGMC helps provide stuff like that too so we want to um, pray for this and then I'll have y'all come Lord I just thank you for the missionaries who are given their lives in Venezuela, Lord. It's a very hard country, a very poor country. 
and there's not very many Christians there. But Lord, as they reach out to help the children, Lord, help us, Lord, to dig deep and to give, to help the children of Venezuela and all around the world, Lord, that your word would go forth, that the kids would find hope in you, Lord, that, that they would know that even if they don't have an earthly father, that they have a heavenly father who loves them. And so help us, Lord, to give and to pray for those kids that are in need all around the world. In the name of Jesus, amen. Y'all come. Hey, let's give our kiddos a hand clap. We're so proud of them. And the plaque that Sister Faith showed uh, with our, our missions giving towards BGMC for last year, that's all you guys. These nickels and dimes and pennies and quarters and hundreds that you put in that bucket, uh, that's the accumulation of those throughout the year. And so I want to say thank you as your pastor. Uh, it's important. It's an opportunity to teach our children about missions giving and uh, to invest in them and to help them have a greater understanding. A few things again to be reminded of. Uh, next Sunday morning is our church-wide breakfast. Starts at 9 o'clock. Uh, we want you to come and be a part of that. Everyone's welcome. I want to encourage you to invite someone uh, to come to the breakfast. Uh, there may be someone that uh, may come to a, a church breakfast that may not necessarily always come to church. And so there's going to be plenty of food. I can promise you that for sure. And so invite people. Let's pack this house out next Sunday. Easter egg hunts coming up on the 16th. That's at 1130. Um, everyone's welcome. There's prizes and giveaways and all that stuff. I think, Sister Vonda, we came up with like 4,000 eggs is what we're doing this year. Over 4,000 eggs. And so uh, invite, invite, invite. Uh, let's pack out the back of the property with kiddos and eggs. Uh, also coming up Easter Sunday. I'm really excited about our Easter Sunday services. Uh, we're going to do something that day that I've been praying about for a long time. Uh, we're going to do two Sunday morning services that day. We'll do an 815 and we'll do our 1030 service. And so we want you to come and be a part of that. Maybe there's folks that would come to an 815 service to, to come in and uh, have their day, get their day going and uh, have Sunday school and then, then have their, their Easter with their family. Uh, we want you to be able to do that. And so uh, it's, it's kind of testing the waters for your pastor, I'll tell you the truth. Uh, if, if we have a great participation for the 815 service, we may, I'm looking at Julie as I say these words. We may, we may, you know, if the Holy Spirit will allow us, we may continue that. I'm still young enough to preach three times a Sunday, and so uh, I think it can happen. And so let's see what the Lord does. How many know if God's in it, it's going to be good? If God's in it, it's kind of like our worship this morning. If God's in it, it's going to be good. I need the ushers to come to receive our offering today. What a great day. I feel like I haven't preached to you in a week, and so I pray y'all are ready to go. It's going to be a good day because God's in it. Let's pray. Father, thank you for the day. 
thank you for the opportunity to give. Lord, meet with your people mightily. Lord, leave nothing undone. And God, may you receive glory and praise. Thank you for the opportunity to give in this offering today. Bless the gift and the giver. We ask in Jesus' name. Amen and amen. Come on, let's worship the Lord. I always have to chase you.
thank you, Father God, for that promise, Lord, that you're going to come back and get us one day, Father, that our family is there waiting, God, but not only that, that you are there waiting, Father, with open arms. Father, we thank you, Lord, for that deliverance. In Jesus' holy name, amen. Yes.
Thank you for your mercy, Thank you for your mercy, God. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Father. Thank you, Father. Father, we just slow down in your presence, God. Father, help us to take a breath to breathe in your presence, God. Father, we thank you for surrounding us, Lord. We thank you for the move of the Spirit, God. We know that there will be a move. We anticipate great things in this service today, God. Father, just meet us right here where we are. But open up our hearts, God, so that we can freely come to you, Lord. Help us to hold nothing back, Lord, that may bring us closer to you. Father, have your way. Have your way, God. Have your way, God. That's good. Yes, Lord. Every atmosphere is changed when you draw near. Every failure falls away. In the silence I hear The voice that comes to sing You're in the waters deep No matter what I see You are with me You are for me You never leave You are with me You are for me
is for us victory is breaking out because of it chains of oppression lose their grip shackles of sin fall away and the love of the father is made known because he is with us and he is for us I have a longing today I'm homesick today but not for any terrestrial place, not for any earthly habitation, but I'm homesick for my real home. Amen. See, we're not from here. We're just passing through. This old earth is not our home. You may have a beautiful place where you live. You may have a, a, a lot of things that you've done to, to make your home nice, and that's great. But really, we long for a country we've yet laid eyes on. We long for a country where our Savior is there. Where the King is there. A place of no separation, of no pain, of no sorrow, of no tear. A place of no darkness. A place called heaven. If you're hungry, if you're longing, if you're homesick for a place called heaven today, would you join me together in this place and just honoring our our Heavenly Father, come on all over this room today. Lord, we're here to praise you. Lord, we're here to bless you. Lord, we're hungry for you. We're thirsty for you. We're desperate for you. God, we have a longing for you. God, we're homesick for a country. We're homesick for you, Lord. Oh, even so, come quickly, Lord Jesus, and take your bride home. We long to be with you, Lord. We long for your arrival. We, we long for the day, Lord, when we, we hear the trumpet and you snatch your bride away. Lord, we bless you today. God, we're here to honor and exalt you today. We speak healing, God, over every body, over every soul in this room today. Lord, I'm asking that, that if there be any lost among us in this room this morning, that God, even now, God, you begin to stir their heart. God, even now, you begin to, to move in their, their spirit. You begin to speak to them and woo them and draw them by the anointed power of the Holy Spirit. 
God, if there be any physical infirmities named among us, Lord, I, I pray they fall by the wayside right now. Let there be no hindrances. Let there be no interruption. Let there be no distraction, God, because of pain in our body. But Lord, may we serve you this day with faithfulness and, and radical uh, approach of your throne room, God. I pray today, God, that you're honored and praised through everything said and everything done. God, all for your glory and all for your praise. We give you thanks in Jesus' name. Hallelujah and amen. Come on and give the Lord a hand clap of praise. Man, thank the Lord. God bless you as you're seated. Greet someone nearby. Let them know how glad you are to see them today. Congregation, thank you so much for being in the house of the Lord. Thank you for your faithfulness. Uh, we love you. We appreciate you this morning. Uh, we're, we're excited about the day and the hour that the Lord has called us to live in. Uh, as many of you know, uh, I made mention of it this past Wednesday night, and I sent out a reminder again yesterday just to kind of get everybody prepared uh, and to have the opportunity to begin to pray uh, in regard to what the Lord would have you to do this morning. Uh, as, as you know, I'm, I, I don't think there's anybody uh, in this room who could have gone uh, without knowing what's going on in the, the nation of Ukraine. Uh, we're, today, the Lord has, has called us and drawn us together in this moment uh, to receive a special love offering. Uh, this love offering does not go to help and aid the government. It does not go to help and to aid by weapons. What this love offering today does uh, is goes to the aid of Convoy of Hope. Uh, Convoy of Hope is an establishment through the Assemblies of God uh, to bring aid, to bring food, to bring uh, necessities, supplies, and, and things that they would have need of, water and things like that, uh, to the refugees who are fl fleeing from that uh, war-torn country. Uh, I've got a few videos that I want to share with you this morning that will kind of uh, introduce this to you and kind of help you have a better understanding of what's going on. If you are making a check out today, uh, you can make that out to the, to the church. Just make it out to Lone Grove Assembly of God. Uh, we'll receive you know, that offering and all the, the proceeds from this particular offering will go. Some of you may have already sown your seed in the offering we've already received. That's fine as well. Uh, but everything designated for Ukraine today will go for them. And so uh, please, please prepare your hearts this morning and, and listen to what the Holy Spirit would have you to do this, this day. The conflict in Ukraine is intensifying and civilians are increasingly at risk. Hundreds of thousands of Ukrainians have been internally displaced. An estimated 800,000 have fled their homeland to neighboring countries. The UN Refugee Agency refers to this as the worst European refugee crisis this century. Our national church partners and global workers are serving the refugees and trying to meet their basic needs. AGWM and national churches are working in eight countries around and in Ukraine. In addition, fervent prayer is essential for this situation, for our workers, the national churches, and of course, the refugees. Thank you for interceding on their behalf. In fact, please join me right now. Lord Jesus Christ, the Prince of Peace, we ask you to bring peace into this conflict, into this war, and peace into the hearts of leaders and the people 
in and surrounding the Ukraine. And we ask this in your precious name, Jesus. Amen. Over the last 13 days, there have been more than 2 million people displaced from Ukraine and have come across the borders into Europe. Um, we are standing right now this morning at a train station in Warsaw, Poland in Zachodnia, our West Side Station. Uh, these people are tired, they're hungry, they're lost, they're searching for a place to go. And the Pentecostal Church of Poland and, and many other entities have come alongside to help these people. We have been purchasing sleeping bags and finding places for them to, to stay. Um, we have been um, transporting them to different houses and different churches where they're taking them in. We personally have purchased them, uh, about 40 sleeping bags in the last day or so so that we'd be able to, to get them a place where they could lay down even on mats where they could be warm during the night. And we want to thank you guys for all you're doing to help us here. Lord, we pray for Ukraine. We pray for the protection of the soldiers, the families there. And we pray for freedom to come to that country again. Yes, Lord. We lift up all the little children that are coming across the border, Lord, that you would put your angels around them, protect them and help them and, and keep them from fear, Lord Jesus, and give them peace in their hearts. We pray for the national church that is housing the Ukraine and the refugees here. We thank you for them. We thank you for the United States for partnering yes, with us to meet the needs that are yes, here all over Europe. And God, we just give you all the praise, all the glory. You're in control. Yes, you Bring freedom back to this place in yes, Jesus' name. Amen. Hello, my name is Jan Trotz, and I am a pastor from Warsaw. Now we are on a trip to see the border and uh, show many people at railway stations just before the border. People are helping here. And we just want to pray for this war to end. And we want to send a message to, to, to the churches wherever we can, so that we could be united in prayer and pray for the peace in, in Ukraine and, and in Poland. Uh, please pray for this part of the world, which is very uncertain for those people who are coming, lots of babies, lots of small girls, boys, they are running away and they need our prayers very much. Each day the National Church is sending three 20-ton trucks into Ukraine that are filled with food, medical supplies, and hygiene articles. This is $40,000 worth of supplies going every day. The more we give, the more people we can bless, the more lives that we can affect. Thank you for giving and thank you for your support. Thank you for praying because it is making a difference in the lives of people. It is bringing hope to Europe. If I could have my ushers to come this morning, please. If, again, if you're making your check out this morning, um, you can make it out just payable to the church. And uh, we're going to send one, one check, one offering. If you are online and you're, you're giving through Tithely, 
Um, I was just told Brother Ethan just shared with me that there is a, an option on there for giving for that uh, particular thing that you can choose. And uh, so please, please pick that box. All the proceeds today are not for the church, you guys. It's, it's for these people. Um, I, the numbers continue to increase every day. I know you guys are watching the news just like I am. Uh, it's, been, it's been very heavy upon my heart. Uh, I, I can't imagine uh, how, how America w- would respond if something like this was happening to us. Uh, these people are standing up and, and fighting you know, for what they, what they believe in. They're fighting for their country uh, and the independence of their country. Uh, but we uh, can be a part. We've got brothers and sisters in Christ all around this world, and these people are some of them. And so the proceeds that we gather today are going to help our, our family in Christ. And so we want to pray today God's protection around and about them and uh, just believe God to do great things. Father, we love you uh, today. Thank you for the opportunity to give in the building up of the kingdom of heaven. Uh, Lord, this is a part of that. As we give this offering today, God, we go to help people with, with dire needs. And we ask you, Lord, your protective hedge around and about them. Uh, We pray, God, your safety to to guard over them. We pray for peace to come to that part of the world, Lord. We we would ask you right now, uh, Father, for every family that's been displaced. We ask you, Lord, for their needs to be met. And God, in in some way that the offering that we receive today can go to aid in doing just that. Uh, Lord, may your your hand multiply uh, what we give today that that many, many people are, are blessed and that many, many people can come to know you as Lord of their life. We thank you and we praise you. We give you glory. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. God bless you in your giving. Thank you, guys. Thank you for your faithfulness. Thank you for your giving. Um, One of the the standard bearers of Lone Grove Assembly of God is our heart of compassion to help others in need. And uh, I appreciate you guys uh, in doing that today. Thank you for uh, allowing your pastor to to present this need to you. Uh, And thank you for participating and helping others. Uh, Sometimes we've got to get outside of ourselves. Amen. Sometimes we've got to get outside of ourselves. Um, I, I'm, I know it's a, a little bit of an interruption to a, a regular uh, Sunday morning service, but I promise I won't preach any longer today than I normally preach. We might ought to worship the Lord together today, amen? Why don't we do that one more time? Come on, right there where you're at. Father, we love you. 
God, we praise you. Thank you, God, for the opportunity to be a part of the building of the kingdom of heaven. And Lord, we thank you that today your, your word is unfailing, it's unrelenting, God, it's unchanging. Uh, we thank you, Lord, that you're here to do great things in this room. And, and Lord, that it's your name that we're here to lift high. It's not about any man. It's not about any denomination. It's not about any organization. Uh, but Lord, it's always all about you. I love you today, Lord. I praise you. I give you glory. In Jesus' perfect name I pray. And all of God's people agreed today and said... Amen. Come on and give the Lord a hand clap together. Thank the Lord. Thank the Lord. How many are thankful for the leading and the guidance of the Holy Spirit of Almighty God? I think the man of God, I think the church of today uh, needs to be spirit-filled and spirit-led. I think the woman of God, the man of God, need to be spirit-filled, spirit-led people. I, I think that's where we find the blessing of God is when we're doing what God calls us to do. When we're, when we're in the, the, the river of the flow of the Holy Spirit, when we're in that, that lane where God has placed us and planted us doing what God's called us to do and following what the Holy Spirit would say to do, that's where we find the fullness of the will of God. And if we're living in the will of God, we're living in the blessing of God. Amen. That's why I come before you today and I, I can boldly make the proclamation, this is going to be a blessed day. Amen. And this is going to be a blessed service because as I, I began to study and I began to pray and I began to seek what God would have me to speak to you on this Sunday morning, a missions Sunday, Sunday morning, uh, what the Holy Spirit would have for me to say, uh, as, as always, I did my very best to, to always be filled with the Spirit and always be led by the Spirit. And, and so I can come before you with a blessed assurance in the, the name of the Lord. That, that I have all confidence today that I'm preaching exactly what God wants me to say. I'm doing exactly what God wants me to do. And this day is going to be a blessed day because we're following the leading of the Holy Spirit. How many believe that today? Yeah. I believe with all my heart that the Lord has been stirring me over and over. From the beginning of the year, uh, the Lord has been stirring my heart on the subject of missions. Uh, we are a missions-minded church. We are a missions-minded people. But that didn't originate with Long Grove Assembly of God. How many understand our God is a missions God? Our God is a missions-minded God. How many know Jesus came on a mission? He sent Jesus as a missionary to seek and to save that which was lost. Thank God today for a missions-minded God. Amen? The Holy Spirit is still here stirring in our midst on a mission to lead us, to guide us, to direct us. God the Father, God the Son, and God the Holy Spirit are all missions-minded. How many believe that today? One of the things that I try to do my very level-headed best as your pastor to do is, is to remind this body of believers on a continual basis of the soon return of our Lord and Savior Jesus Christ. I believe he's coming, church. Whether you like hearing that or not, whether you get sick of me telling you that or not, I, it really doesn't matter to me. I'm going to fulfill what God told me to do. Jesus Christ is coming. Whether you're ready or not, you better be ready because he's coming back soon. Amen? Now, now, I know that for some folks, Jesus coming back, they think that that's all I can talk about. Uh, and recently, I, I've even been made a little bit of fun of uh, about the fact that that's all I preach about. But I want you to know, I take that as a badge of honor when somebody makes fun of me for talking about the soon return of Jesus, because here's the truth, when people are making fun of the preacher because he says Jesus is coming back, he's joining a pretty good crowd of folks. I mean, our old brother Noah was telling them a long time uh, before the flood ever came, they better get on the boat, you better get on the boat, you better get on the boat. 
The Bible says he was a preacher of righteousness and whether or not we can prove it through the scriptures or not, he lived in a generation of wickedness. And so you can't tell me that they weren't making fun of old brother Noah when he said there's a flood coming, I'm building a boat. I bet you that there was a bunch of them wanting to get on the boat after the flood came. Here's the truth today. Jesus Christ is coming and he's coming soon. And we better find ourselves ready. We better find ourselves with our names written in the Lamb's Book of Life or surely we'll be left behind wishing we'd have got on the boat. I believe with all my heart what the Holy Spirit would have to say to the church today is simply this. We got a whole bunch of work to do and only a little bit of time to do it in. I believe that God doesn't want anyone to be left behind. I don't believe that God wants anybody to be lost and undone. I believe it's His will and His plan that everybody would be saved. In John chapter 3 verse 16, the Bible says that God loved the world so much that He gave His only begotten Son that whoever would believe in Him wouldn't have to perish but would have everlasting life. Come on, God doesn't want anybody to die and split hell wide open. He wants them saved. In fact, we've got confirmation in 2 Peter chapter 3, verse 9 that says, The Lord is not slack concerning His promise, as some count slackness, but He's long-suffering towards us. He's not willing that any should perish, but that all should come to repentance. The Lord wants everybody saved. The Lord wants the Russian people saved. The Lord wants the Ukrainian people saved. The Lord wants the, the, the Israelite people saved. The Lord wants the Muslim saved. The Lord wants everybody to get saved. How many believe that today? It's not His will that any should perish, but that all should come to repentance. The Lord came for the whosoevers. He came for you. He came for me. He don't care what color your skin is. He don't care how much money you got. He don't care what your pedigree is. He don't care how big a house you live in or how much you put in the offering today. God wants you saved today. The fact of the matter is, I believe with all my heart that, that this is a critical time for the bride of Christ. This is a very serious time for the church. It's a very serious time for the bride. For I believe it's time for the church to rise up and answer the call that God has placed so many long years ago to answer the call to become the, the missions-minded body of believers. He's called us to missions, church. And I believe today is the day to answer the call to missions. Find your Bibles if you would, please. I want to talk to you today about being called to missions called to missions. Thank you, Lord. Poke your neighbor and tell him, I thought you were a missionary. Yeah, y'all didn't like that. Hang on. Matthew chapter 28, I want to read verses 19 and 20, and then we're going to jump over to Acts chapter 1. Matthew 28 and 19, Jesus said, Go therefore and make disciples of all nations, baptizing them in the name of the Father and of the Son and of the Holy Spirit, teaching them to observe all things that I've commanded you. And lo, I'm with you always, even to the end of the age. Amen. And in Acts chapter 1 verse 8, the Lord Jesus again said, But you'll receive power when the Holy Spirit has come upon you, and you'll be my witnesses in Jerusalem and Judea and Samaria and to the ends of the earth. Let's pray together again. Father, thank you for your word. 
Thank you that you're here to help us, to lead us, to guide us. Lord, have your way in this meeting today. And God, I pray for every set of ears and every heart in this room. And God, those listening at home, Lord, may we answer the call to missions today that you may be glorified. We give you praise and honor in Jesus' name. And all of God's people agreed and said, Amen. Amen. Come on and give him another hand clap if you wouldn't mind, please. I'm thankful today for the call to missions. How about you? I, I will tell you today that I believe with all my heart that if you're a believer, if you're born again, if you're a child of God, if you've been washed in the blood of the Lamb of Almighty God, if you're planning on going to heaven, friend, that makes you a missionary. I believe that it's very simple. I believe we all fall into one of two categories. Either we're a missionary or we're a mission field. I want to be the missionary reaching out into this lost world. How about you? How many would agree this morning that there's some things in life that are optional and there's some things in life that are not? For example, wearing shoes is optional. How many of you wore shoes today? I assume that the rest of you that did not raise your hands have no shoes on. That's optional. Wearing shoes is optional. But eating is not. You can go through your life without wearing shoes. In fact, I had a, a youth pastor once upon a time that he felt like because Jesus wore sandals everywhere that he was supposed to wear sandals everywhere. And it didn't matter if it was zero degrees outside or if it was 140 degrees outside. He had sandals on. It was his option. It was his life. Well, it wasn't least until he got behind the pulpit at, at you know, where I was pastoring. It's just kind of a different deal. Well, it got quiet on that one, didn't it? <laughs> Wearing shoes is optional, but eating's not. You can survive by not wearing shoes, but how many understand you can't survive if you don't eat food, right? Some of you surviving a little better than others is all I'm, just, anyway. <laughs> Driving cars are optional. How many drove a car to get here today? Yes. I'm going to get you people in here one way or the other. Come on. Rest of you walk today, right? Hallelujah. <laughs> Glory. We're getting this neighborhood thing working. Driving a car is optional, but once you choose to begin to drive that car, how I many know driving on the right side of the road is not optional? <laughs> Becoming a Christian is optional. Come on, let's get to the meat of the matter. Becoming a Christian is optional. God doesn't force you. God doesn't twist your arm to get saved. But once you become a Christian, being a missionary is not optional. Serving God is not optional. He didn't save you to sit on the pew and look pretty. He saves you to do something great for His kingdom. Uh, again, I, I want you to understand today, uh, Lone Grove Assembly of God is a very missions-minded church. The pastor that's standing before you today is a very missions-minded pastor. Many years ago, long before I became the pastor here, this church made the decision to make missions a part of, uh, of their monthly giving program uh, and, and support missions in a very big financial way. Each year, there's a part of the budget of this church that goes towards missions giving. Uh, uh, currently, we financially support 24 different missionaries each and every month. At a total of $1,660 per month, we send out, no matter if, if it comes in as missions giving or not, $1,660 every month still goes out to support our missionaries. Um, to us, missions are, falls into one of two categories. It either is home missions or it's world missions. 
Home missions can be anything from things that happen here on a local level, uh, from Love Lone Grove Day to our, our summer camps, our kids' camps, our youth camps. If a kid can't afford to go to camp, we make sure that they've got financial support to go. Locally, we support Teen Challenge. Locally, we support Chi Alpha. Locally, we support Freedom House. Locally, we support uh, so many different outreaches around the state. Hillcrest Children's Home. Uh, these are things that we support locally and in our state of Oklahoma. Uh, secondly, we support world missions. World missions is just that. Anything that happens around the world, anything that happens on foreign soil. People like Sister Ferry Ryder, who serves in Taiwan, she's going to be coming in a few months to speak to us, to share with us her ministry, to share with us her, her mission in life to, to serve the people there of Taiwan. Also, it, it involves people like Darren and Diana Clements. They've came and spoke to us before in a, in a service to share their ministry, to share what God is doing. They serve in Cambodia. Uh, God is doing great things through, through their ministry. We also support a, a young lady by the name of Joni Middleton. She serves in France in a, a ministry called Project Rescue, where she goes into the slums of the, the, the area, and she reaches out to girls that are being drawn into prostitution, and she helps their lives get turned around. Church, we get to be a part of sowing into these people's ministry and doing the, the work of the ministry that God has called us to do. Last year, in the year 2021, Lone Grove Assembly of God gave a combined total of $21,395 towards world and home missions. Yes, that's a good place to stop and give God a hand clap of praise. We're on track to do that very same thing again this year. And in fact, we're on track to give even more than that this year than what we did last year. I believe that, that we need to continue to increase our outreach to our missions program. The, the definition of a biblical mission is simple. It's simply taking the good news to those who have never heard it or to those who are lost and undone. It's taking the good news to those who have never heard it, to those that are lost and undone. Come on, missions is taking the good news to those that have never heard it. And it doesn't matter if it happens through Love Long Grove Day. It doesn't matter if it happens through Chi Alpha. It doesn't matter if it happens through Teen Challenge. It doesn't matter if it happens in Taiwan. It doesn't matter if it happens in Cambodia. We're called to be a part of missions. I believe with all my heart that it's not something reserved just for the preacher. It's not something reserved just for those who serve on a missions field. But I believe every born again believer is called to missions. Some things I want to share with you this morning about being called to missions. And the first thing I want to talk about is this. I believe that we've been given a command by God to go. We've been given a command to go. Look at verses 19 and 20 of Matthew 28 again. Jesus said, Go therefore and make disciples of all the nations, baptizing them in the name of the Father and of the Son and of the Holy Spirit, teaching them to observe all things that I've commanded you, and lo, I'm with you always, even to the end of the age. Amen. Bless God. How many understand God gave a commandment, not a suggestion? How many know it was a command, not a recommendation? How many know today, he tells us, Jesus very plainly, very eloquently says, go make disciples. Go see people change. Go see people transform. Go see people made brand new. Uh, again, he wasn't just talking to the preacher on a Sunday morning. 
He wasn't just talking to the missionary. He was talking to every born-again believer. I believe that everybody falls in, again into one or two categories. Either you're a missionary reaching out to those that are lost and undone, or you're the mission field. I want to be the one reaching out to those that are lost and undone today. How about you? We are called to go and make disciples. And the way we do that is by sharing the good news of Jesus Christ, His life, His death, His resurrection, and His soon return. Come on, I believe we've got the greatest opportunity that the world has ever seen in front of us right now today. I mean, no, a lot of the world is rejecting the church as we know it. The fact of the matter is, uh, church attendance globally is falling off instead of increasing. That's not a statistic that I like. That's not something that I like sharing with you. But friend, it doesn't change that from being the truth. I shared with you a few weeks ago, COVID hurt the church desperately bad. Many people who were involved with serving God, many people who were involved with going to church, uh, because when, when COVID came, many people said, oh, I don't want to take the risk of exposure, so I'm going to stop going to church altogether. And what they started out as a precautionary measure turned into a habit for them, and now they don't go to church anywhere at all. A lot of people would say, well, they jumped from that church to another church, and then they jumped from that church to another church. No, friend, they didn't hop from a church to another church. What they did was they hopped from the church to the living room recliner. I'm wound up, and I'm just shooting right over the top of y'all today. I'm going to come out here with you. He said his church was built on a rock, and the gates of hell would not prevail against it. And there's a remnant there's a remnant that's holding on. There's a, a, a remnant that's solid. There's a remnant that's, that's grounded. Remnant, you're the missionary. Amen. Because here's the truth. The world as we know it is changing. The, the world as we understand it, the, the church world as we know it is transforming. And the fact of the matter is more people are, are leaving than are coming. And I believe it's our responsibility as born-again believers to reach out to folks... I scratch my head, I scratch my brain, I scratch my ears. Where are y'all at today? Listen, them old boys that preached for you last Sunday may let you get away with being quiet, but I ain't them, so get in or get out. I don't, I mean, it's up to you. That was kind of harsh, wasn't it? I scratch my brain every week. Brother Terry, how are we going to get souls saved? You know, it's been a month since somebody got saved in a regular service. It's been a month. That breaks this preacher's heart. It crushes me. It's something that keeps me awake at night. It's something that wakes me up early in the morning. What are we going to do? I don't care how many seats are filled. I care about souls that are saved. Oh, how are we going to fill the church up? How are we going to fill the church up? Well, bless God, maybe we ought to get some folks saved and that fill the church up. I scratch my head every week. I, I, I think continually, how in the world are we going to do it? What can I do differently? Well, if I'd stand on my head and stack little green apples, if my performance was a little bit better, if we had better musicians, bless God, Julie, it's your fault. That, that old boy that's sitting beside of you, it's Strand. I'll be, no, I mean, Joey, I'll... We had a sweeter pastor's wife. Bless God, that's been said for 22 years. 
that ain't changing. What can I do? You know, if all the responsibility was mine, then I'd try standing on my head and stacking little green apples. If it was, if it was all on me, friend, then what you need to be doing is not listening to me today, but finding a new pastor. I mean, I'll just be honest with you. If, if, if it's my fault, if it comes down to me, then, then I'll take all the blame. But the fact of the matter is, it's not just me. It bears a responsibility on every born-again believer. When was the last time you served your, your community as a missionary and said, hey, let me tell you about Jesus, man? When was the last time you served your workplace as a missionary and said, hey, let me tell you about Jesus? When was the last time you served your body of believers, your brothers and sisters in Christ, and even invited somebody to go to church with you? Huh. Boy, I wish I had notes that said all that stuff. That was good. <laughs> People are going to die and split hell wide open if somebody don't tell them. And here's the truth, y'all. You see people and talk to people every day that I'll never meet, that I'll never know. I'll never have opportunity to, to, to rub elbows or come into contact with them, but you do. So why do I come to church? You come to church to sharpen your sword. You come to church to be prepared, to walk out into your mission field and say, let me share the love of God with you. Yes. Commanded to go, not recommended. That command looks different to every one of us. For some of you, that command means going to the workplace and sharing the love. For some, that command means going to the school. For some, they're commanded to go to Africa. And for some, they're commanded to go to Altus. We're his hands, you guys. We're his feet. We're his hands. We're, we're the ones called to share light into this dark world. In the book of Acts chapter 13 verse 47 the Bible says for the Lord has commanded us I've set you as a light to the Gentiles that you should be for the salvations to the end of the earth. Our command is to shine like the stars in the heaven. We are the ambassadors for Christ. How are you representing the kingdom? As Christ ambassador. An ambassador is simply a representative from one country to another country. We have ambassadors in every nation around the world designated by the government of the United States of America to go and represent the United States of America to foreign countries on foreign soil. Church, we're in a foreign country on foreign soil. We are strangers. We are aliens. This is not our home. We're just passing through. And we've got to do our level-headed best every day to be the ambassadors that Christ has called us to be and to reach the friends and family members and loved ones all around us. Pastor, I don't like being called a missionary. I don't want to have to leave and go anyplace, friend. You can be a missionary right where God has planted you. You just have to do it. So what do we need to know about a call to missions, we need to understand we've been commanded to go. We also need to understand today we've been given some power to go do it with. In the book of Acts chapter 1 verse 8, the Bible says, You shall receive power when the Holy Spirit comes upon you, and you shall be witnesses to me in Jerusalem and Judea and Samaria and to the ends of the earth. 
but you shall receive power that when the Holy Spirit comes upon you. But you shall receive power when the Holy Spirit comes upon you. Praise God for Pentecostal power. The power of the Holy Spirit that was poured out on the day of Pentecost is the same power that lives and dwells inside of every born-again believer. It's power that the Lord knew that we would need for life and for living, a life of holiness and a life of righteousness. He knows that you need power to overcome the temptations of this world. He knew an old knucklehead like Gary Dotson would need power to overcome the temptations of this world and of this life. But he also knew that we would need power as we walk through this life to be witnesses to the folks around us. It's power God knew that we would need. But notice with me in Acts chapter 1 verse 8, Jesus makes it very clear that the power of the Holy Spirit was not so that we could shout a little louder. It wasn't so that we could jump a little higher. He didn't say that we'd receive power to be more Pentecostal. He said we'd receive power to be witnesses. On that day of Pentecost, when the power was poured, poured out from on high, it says the whole house was filled. The sound of a mighty rushing wind. And that they all began to speak with other tongues. And the way that they knew that it was the Holy Spirit was because it was the Spirit of God who gave them utterance and what to say. Now, when all this happened, the Word of God teaches us that it was so powerful. The event that unfolded in that upper room, what was so powerful about it uh, was that it couldn't be contained there in that room, but it spilled out into the street. (laughs) There were others there on that day. They'd gathered for that same feast. The Feast of Trumpets, the Feast of Weeks, the the, the Feast of Pentecost. They they'd gathered on that great day for a a feast, a celebration. Uh, Everybody had been drawn to Jerusalem on that day. And and as the Holy Spirit couldn't be contained in that room and it spilled out into the street, the Bible says those people that were there in the streets heard those that had spilled out into the street speaking through the power of the Holy Spirit, but they heard them speaking. Dude, that's... He's talking Oki right now. I, I heard what he said. He's speaking my own native language. I heard exactly what he said. You know what the Bible says? It says that there were 3,000 souls that were added to the kingdom that day. 3,000 people got saved because it spilled out into the street. It couldn't be contained. Everybody heard them speaking their own native language. Now, I believe with all my heart, they heard them speaking the good news of the gospel of Jesus Christ. How else could they have gotten saved? (laughs) Church, I want you to understand we got that same power available to us today. The same Spirit that raised Christ up from the dead lives and dwells alive inside of you. The same power of Pentecost that was spilled out on the upper room is the same power of Pentecost that dwells inside of every born-again believer. So what's that mean, Pastor? Does that mean I'm going to speak in tongues? Well, praise God if you do. That's the evidence of being filled to overflowing with the baptism of the Holy Spirit. But friend, what I believe that we can take that to understand today as well is we're going to speak native language to people so that they can understand the good news of Jesus Christ. 
You can talk to them and the Holy Spirit will give you the right words to say and the right timing to say it in and the right season to say it in so that they can be delivered from the bondage of sin. In fact, the Bible says in the book of Matthew chapter 10, verse 19 and 20, when they deliver you up, do not worry about uh, what you should say. Don't worry about what you're going to speak, for it'll be given to you in that hour what you'll speak. For it's not you who speak, but it's the Spirit of your Father who speaks in you. Amen. I don't have to worry about what I'm going to say when I begin to witness to somebody. I don't worry about how I'm going to say it. Here's the deal. You're going to be given the ability to speak their native tongue. What's that mean, Pastor? That means you can speak motocross. Are you here? That means you can speak hickabilly. Are you here? That means you can speak fishing. I've never been fishing in your life, but all of a sudden, the Lord gives you the understanding and the wisdom to reach out to somebody who's really interested in fishing, and God gives you the ability to talk on their level and talk their language. How many times have you been in the Piggly Wiggly? Sorry, homeland. And God stir your heart. I pray God stirs your heart every place you go and everything you do. I'm a little wound up mad today. Can y'all tell? I'm mad at the devil. I ain't mad at you. I'm mad at the devil. He's a loser. Cross-eyed, pimple-faced, pigeon-toed loser. The more ridiculous we can make him look, the more loser he is. And he is all those things and more. He's a loser. I pray God stirs your heart every time you walk into the classroom. You girls know as well as I do. I, I know it seems like probably a thousand years ago for pastor, but I went to school once upon a time. You can't tell it by some of the words I use sometimes because they mean stuff I don't think they mean, but I think they mean something they don't mean, you know. I get it. But, but I can remember in school, my classmates knowing the good kids from the bad kids. Y'all know? You know what I'm talking about? I mean, you know those kids that maybe they don't go to your youth group, but they go to another youth group. And uh, you know whether they're really real, whether they're good kids, they're mean girls. There's always mean girls. Some of y'all was mean girls. Linda Cox? No, no. Carol. Some of y'all was mean girls. There's always that mean girl who says she's your friend, but she talks about you behind your back. And you know, you know the difference in the mean girls and the nice girls. Let's come over here. <laughs> There's always the mean girls. <laughs> I believe God should stir our heart when we walk into the classroom. Because here's the truth I know about mean girls. They've got some hurt inside of them someplace or they wouldn't be mean girls. It's the same way with guys. You know, men, young men, we want to be cool, we want to be hip, we want to be, you know, all that in a bag of chips when we're in high school. And so we use words that we really should not be using to impress the other guys. We, we talk things, we do things, we, we say we've done things that we haven't actually done. Are y'all real today? I mean, are you here? I pray... I pray, Ethan, that, that God stirs your heart for those boys that, that you know that need Jesus. And here's the cool thing. God will give you the words in the right. Oh, pastor, if I try to talk to them, they're going to be mean to me. 
That's all right, bloody their nose back and tell them about Jesus. No, not really, not really, not really. If you cut their ear off, be like Jesus and put it back on. I'm just, you know. That God would give you the right words in the right season and the right opportunity, the right door. Now, y'all like and want to pick on the kids, don't you? Here we go. How many got family and friends that are lost and undone? If you don't have family and friends that are lost and undone, you might expand your circle a little bit. Because the world's full of them. How many got coworkers that are lost and undone? If you don't have friends and family and coworkers that are lost and undone, you might want to expand your circle a little bit because the world's full of people who need Jesus. They're going to die and go to hell. I pray that every time you see someone that's your friend, your loved one, your, your family member that's lost and undone, you know that they're lost and undone. I pray the Holy Spirit stir your heart and give you just one word. You know what I always tell people when they, they're trying to receive the baptism of the Holy Spirit? It is that if you just begin, but it's that one utterance. If you just let out that one syllable that the Holy Spirit's placed in your heart and in your spirit. Well, I'm going to sound stupid if I say it. Well, what I've come to find out is this. If you'll speak out that first word that the Holy Spirit, that first syllable the Holy Spirit's put in your mouth, listen, the rest of it's going to flow. The same is true for an interpretation of tongues and the same is true for witnessing to somebody who's lost and undone. Maybe the only thing God has given you for that day is good morning. Lord, that's really all I'm supposed to say? Lord, you just want me to say good morning? Maybe you say good morning to that individual and they'll say, what's so good about it? Open door. Look out, Bubba, here I come. What's so good about it? Let me tell you what's so good about it. My God is good. He saves. He heals. He delivers. He's always right on time. He's never early. He's never late. God is good. God is good. God is good. Now, good morning, friend. Now, they might pass out if you did that. Guys, what a mission field. What an opportunity we have. Oh, pastor, I'm scared. I can't talk. I don't know what to say. I, I don't know how I'm ever going to do it. I, I just don't know. Friend, it's not you. It's the power of the Holy Spirit of Almighty God. What do we need to know about this call to missions? We need to understand we've been given a command we need to understand we've been given a, a power and we need to understand today that we've been given direction. He doesn't leave anything to question today. Amen. Again, Acts chapter 1 verse 8 says, You'll receive power when the Holy Spirit comes upon you and you shall be witnesses to me in Jerusalem and Judea and Samaria and to the ends of the earth. Thank God He doesn't leave anything up to our own interpretation because how many know if He did, we'd mess it up. Not only does He tell us that we need to go, not only does He provide the power for us to go, but He also gives us the direction we need to go. Wowzer! Jesus said you'll be witnesses in Jerusalem and Judea and Samaria and to the ends of the earth. Understand, when Jesus spoke these words to them in Acts chapter 1 verse 8, they were already in Jerusalem. Jesus said, hey Bubba, Y'all might want to start right there where you're at. 
you might want to consider missions as, as beginning right here where you're at today. If we can't spill the power over into the streets and see 3,000 added to the kingdom in a day because the Holy Spirit was poured out, then how in the world are you going to expect to go around to the other side of the world and do anything for the kingdom? Start in Jerusalem. Start where you're at. Start in your own community. Start right there in Lone Grove, Oklahoma, sharing the good news of Jesus Christ. And then he said, well, the next place you need to go is Judea. Judea was in the same region as Jerusalem. What he was saying was stay kind of stay close to home. Stay in your own hometown because they have a similar culture. They have similar ideas and they'd be pretty accepting to what you have to say. Start out in Lone Grove and then move to Ardmore. How many know Ardmore is a huge mission field? Oh, I know guys, there's a church on every corner. Amen, right? How many of them are full this morning, you reckon? Start in Jerusalem, go to Judea, and then move on to Samaria. Samaria was a place of totally different culture. It was distant from Jerusalem. They had different social ideas. They had different ethical ideas. They were different from the people that he was sending to go and minister to them. Sometimes God wants us to go beyond our own hometown and go to someplace that's completely different from what we know and understand. Now, I know some folks think, well, that means i got to go to Zimbabwe to find a different culture and a different people. Friend, you can go from one corner of Oklahoma to another corner of Oklahoma, and I can guarantee you, we's a different bunch of people. The north side of I-40 and the south side of I-40, we's some different people. You get around them people in Oklahoma City, they got a different way of thinking. But you get around in people in Stigler, Oklahoma, they got a different way of thinking too. We don't have to go to the other most parts of the earth to go to a different ideology and a different culture. We can do that and stay within the confines of the state of Oklahoma. Finally, Jesus said, go to the ends of the earth. Jesus said, think globally. Think about your outreach being bigger than you are. Think about the impact you can make in Russia. Think about the impact you can make in India. Think about the impact you can make in the Ukraine. Think about how you can support missionaries. You can either go or you can send or you can give so others can go. Come on. There's a part where we can play in missions globally in the direction that the Lord has given us. I submit to you today as your pastors, we got to start right here where we're at we got to start right here. If we're not doing missions through our local community, if we're not doing missions in our local church, if we're not doing missions in Lone Grove, Oklahoma, friend, we're missing a huge opportunity. Because people are lost and undone. Uh, yes, we're the buckle of the Bible belt right here in, in good old Lone Grove, America. But do you know there's people within shouting distance of this building today that are going to die and go to hell if somebody don't make a difference? If somebody doesn't tell them the good news of Jesus Christ, that's our job. Well, I didn't know I was going to church and getting a job too. <laughs> I'm a soldier in the army of the Lord. I'm a soldier in the army of the Lord. But I'm a wall biggest part of the time. Y'all didn't know your pastor was a rapper, did you? <laughs> pastor rapper. Lord of mercy. 
In the summertime, we're going to do an outreach called Love Lone Grove Day. Through that outreach, we, we minister to people who are hurting. We bring in all the stuff that we would sell in our garage sale at our house. We donate it to the church, and it's given away to the people of our community. We love on people through clothing. We love on people through bedding. We give away free haircuts on that day. We give away free backpacks on that day. We give away free groceries on that day. We do everything we can to love on people. You should see the shock and the awe in people's eye when they walk in the door of the church. We hand them a grocery sack and say, go pick out whatever you want. Fill that sack up. And if that's not enough, we've got more sacks. You get as much as you want. And they look at you and go, for free? Well, what's it cost? Doesn't cost you a thing. Doesn't cost you anything. We just want you to know that Jesus loves you. We just want you to know that there's a church here who will love you. We just want you to understand that God's coming back soon and He's looking for a, a, a people that He can love and embrace and, and share His mercy with. Love Lone Grove Day. Chi Alpha. Chi Alpha is a campus ministry. Chi Alpha is one of the... I, I, say as your pastor it's one of the the most important missions programs that we can do as the assemblies of god uh, it's up for debate you can i'm welcome to talk to you but here's the deal about chi alpha campus ministries when people come to a college they're coming from all over the globe My little girl's involved with campus ministries every thursday night josie goes to chi alpha every thursday night and she tells me, Daddy, there's kids from, from all over the world that come to this, to this meeting. They, they come and they hear the gospel message. They worship together and they hear the gospel message of Jesus Christ. And then those people that have heard the truth about Jesus Christ, they're there to get their degree, not so that they can stay in the United States of America, but so that they can go back home. Are you here? And they take the gospel message that they learned in Chi Alpha while they were in college back to the nation that sent them to learn and to get their degree. And we got missionaries planted all over the world because of Chi Alpha. Teen Challenge. Teen Challenge has turned around so many young people's lives from young women to young men, has touched them, has changed them, have transformed them. Teen Challenge is a place where people go with maybe a substance abuse, with maybe a behavioral problem. They go with some issue that's in their life and they get hands-on direct love from people who care about Jesus Christ and want to share the love of Christ with them. And it changes them, it transforms them. And then they become a missionary of the love of Jesus Christ every place they go back to. Amen. we got to start right here. If you're not giving in the missions program of Long Grove Assembly of God, you're missing out on the blessings of God. Amen. And we're failing in the calling that God has called us to fulfill. But it doesn't end there, right? It has to move beyond us. It goes to the communities around us. Please give me just 10 more minutes. Please, just stay with me just 10 more minutes. I've got to share this with you today. We expand to our neighbors. We expand to our state. We reach out statewide to help people who are, who are in need around here. We've done this in the past through things like going and helping people clean up from a tornado that's happened. Sister Vonda and I, many years ago, uh, when the... the Tornado went through Moore, Oklahoma. Uh, we were called from the church that we pastored at that time to go and to bring a team to help do cleanup after a tornado that went through with Convoy of Hope. 
Convoy of Hope was there just to help people try to put back their lives together again. If you've ever suffered a fire, if you've ever been through a tornado, you know your precious, most prized possessions are scattered over a field. We were picking up pictures of babies and granddads and grandmas and trying to figure out which house they belong to. Is this your family? Is this your friend? Who, who, who does this photo go to? Man, I put myself in those people's shoes and, and you think about all your, your earthly, worldly possessions being blown away. You find out what's really valuable and it's the love that's shared from the people who come to try to help you pick up the pieces after a disaster has came. It's not been very many years ago. Floodwaters came, devastated a church in Weber's Fall, Oklahoma. I didn't happen to know that pastor personally, but we got emails from the Oklahoma district asking to help the churches that had been affected by the floodwaters. I went to the board members of the church at that time and I said, listen guys, I know this man. I know the good work that's going on there. Would you pray about what, what God would have us to do? You write down a number on a piece of paper. I'll write down a number on a piece of paper. We'll come back together and we'll make a donation to go to help that church rebuild and begin to have services again. Those guys prayed, I prayed, we came back together with a number, and we sent a check for $10,000 to help them people rebuild that church. Listen, it goes beyond what happens inside these four walls when we'll get involved in what's going on outside the four walls. Missions. Missions. Many, many, many years ago, Lone Grove Assembly of God was devastated by a fire. Brother Terry, were you a board member then? When, when the fire came? Thank you. Thank you. I don't know if there was any others in this room, but I, I know Brother Terry was, and I'm so grateful. The church wasn't in the location it's in right now. It was over on the other side of town, Lone Grove. Church burned to ground. Burned down. I don't know if they ever found out what the cause was or not. It doesn't really matter. The church was destroyed. So the church rallied together and tried to figure out what in the world are we going to do? How are we going to keep having church? How are we going to keep preaching the gospel? How are we going to keep preaching those that are lost? How are we going to keep making a difference in Lone Grove? And by the grace of God, the opportunity for the, the cafetorium at the Lone Grove High School opened up. And so Sunday after Sunday after Sunday after Sunday, they'd go set up the sound equipment. They'd go set up chairs in that cafeteria. And Sunday after Sunday after Sunday, they had church over there. Even while they were having church over there, they allowed missionaries to come in and present their ministry. During that time, one missionary in particular came presented his ministry in that church who didn't even have a building to meet in at that time, took an offering and gave that man enough money to go and build a church in Africa. The church believed that if they planted a seed to build a church someplace else, that God would, would bless them to build a church someplace themselves. And then they came into contact with a young man who owned a piece of land by the name of Randy Doyle. Do y'all see how all this goes together? 
Randy Doyle didn't go to this church at that time. He just owned this piece of property where this church is sitting at right now. They approached him about buying that piece of property. And we did. The church did. And they began to build. And they began to, to grow. And it began to develop. And it began to be blessed. And it all happened. The church believed from that time, I believe until today, your pastor stands before you as a believer himself, that it all stemmed because they believed in sowing a seed and helping a missionary someplace else, that God blessed us to be the building in the church that we are today. Missions. How would God have you? How would God have you to be involved in missions? Remember, give, send, go. Give, give towards missions. Send, send somebody else. Find somebody that, that's worthy soil that you sow your seed into or go yourself. There's missionaries sitting among us. Gerald and Donna have a son who's called to missions. There's others around this room that are called to missions. You know you are. God's spoken to your heart. Give, sin, go. What's your call? And what's your part? Sister Julie, would you bring your worship team, please? Precious Father, Lord, I thank you. Thank you for the strength, the help the leading, the guidance, the direction of your sweet spirit. Holy Spirit, I thank you for speaking to me and through me. Lord, I'm asking you today, stir our hearts. Stir our hearts with this call. Lord, may we answer that call. Lord, may we be participants. May we have involvement. God, May we answer the call to missions. Lord, be glorified today. Please be praised. And Lord, may it all be for your glory and in your name. I ask in Jesus' name. Please, with heads bowed and eyes closed. Friend, I'm so glad that you're here today. Some of you I got to greet before service. Some of you I did not. But it doesn't really make any difference of who you are or where you're from. God loves you. He sent His Son on a missions trip. A mission to save you. If there had just been one of us, friend, i, I got to tell you, I, I think if it had just been you or if it had just been me, He'd have still made that sacrifice that He made because He loves us that much. If you're in this room this morning and... And you'd have to admit, man, pastor, I don't know Jesus. I've never asked him to come live in my heart. I, I don't have a personal relationship with him. I've heard about him, but I don't know him personally. And if that's you today, and you'd admit, it's, it's not you're admitting to the preacher. You're not admitting to the people around you. It's between you and the Lord today. If you need Jesus to save your soul, would you lift your hand right now anywhere in this room? Pastor Gary, that's me. I need Jesus. I need Him to save me. Anyone at all? 
Anyone at all? Save the lost, Lord. Save the lost. Congregation, would you stand with me today, please? Thank you for your patience with me. Thank you for allowing me to be me. I don't want to be nobody else. I sure ain't going to try to be nobody else. I got to be who God created me to do and, and say what God calls me to say. If that steps on your toes, then you talk to God about it. I believe in being spirit-filled and I believe in being spirit-led. I'm going to do my best to do that every time I step into this, this moment to present God's Word. I knew what my altar call was supposed to be as I wrote these words this last week. And as I call you to the altar, as I call you to the front to find a place to pray or to turn and make an altar where you're at, I never ask you to specifically pray for many things very often, but today I'm going to ask you to pray for something specific. Today I would ask you to pray about what God would have you to do. It doesn't have to be financially. Man, if you can help financially, then praise God. Make a missions donation every month. On this last Sunday of the month, make a pledge and say, just, just write it out. This is for missions. Because I want to be involved and I want to answer the call. Maybe that's what God would have you to do. But maybe God would have your involvement to be even further, even deeper than that. What is it that God would call you to do to help towards missions? God bless you as you pray.
Praise you, Lord. Praise you, Lord. Thank you, Father. Thank you for that one word, Lord. Thank you for that one word, Lord. Thank you for that one word, Lord. Hallelujah. I believe if we'll open our ear, hear His word. Open our ear and hear His Word. Transform, it'll change. He goes with us everywhere. Father, I pray over my brothers and my sisters today. Protect them. Place them. Provide for them. Give them that one word, Lord. Your Word. Use them for the glory of Your kingdom that heaven may be built up and hell may be beat back that you are honored and glorified. We ask it all in Jesus' name. Amen. I love you guys. God bless. Hope to see you tonight.